Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and today I'm joined by Heath Langle to talk about Psalm 40. I'll confess, dear listener, that this is one of my favorite introductions because I was able to source this info from someone quite close to Heath. Heath has been practicing law for 15 years, is a small claims court judge and professor at Lincoln Law School. My source informed me that he has an amazing wife and he and his family have been at Grand Springs for four years. He is an avid cyclist, a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, and I'm really excited for this conversation with my friend Heath. To get us going, here's Heath reading Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sinned offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God, your laws within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May all those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Heath, welcome to Curious Psalms. Matt, I got to tell you, I'm pretty darn excited to be here. (laughs) Well, I have two confessions right off the top. The first confession is that I'm really glad that this is an audio and not a video podcast, because if the listeners could see, you are dressed very nicely, very professionally, and I am sitting here, you know, in sandals, shorts, and a t-shirt, which is unlike me in this office, to be honest, but we're doing a kind of after hours recording here, which is great. But the second confession 
is that I am particularly excited for this conversation as well, because it is very rare for me to have someone come to me and say, I would like to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm on your, your second request. <laughs> yes, that's right. Livy, I think, was the first one who reserved. And that, was it Psalm 31? I think she said earlier. And then you came to me. Oh, I don't know. Just a few weeks ago and said, when Psalm 40 is coming up, I, I want in. I want to be your guy. Which I love. Yeah, I love. Yeah. And I said, yes, please. <laughs> And I have to tell you, I would I would change a tire with you in a second. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be dressed like you than like me right now. I'm sure that's the disadvantage of not being able to go home before our podcast recording. I guess exactly. This is kind of a bonus question, but I'm sure listeners are wondering why you came to me and said I would love to talk about Psalm 40. Because Psalm 40 was an important part of my life before I knew what Psalm 40 was. Okay. I my favorite band is U2. Uh huh. And in my late teens, early 20s, I was introduced to their their song, 40. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, had I was completely ignorant that it had to do anything with Psalm 40. Yeah. All I knew was my favorite band singing a song that, like, really touched me. Wow. And it's funny, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later yeah. on, but when I realized that the song was based on Psalm 40... You know, it's just one of those light bulb moments in my life. Wow. That then just made it, I don't know, that, that much more special. Wow. That, I, love, I love that. I love encountering a psalm without realizing you're encountering a psalm. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Well, shall we dive in then? Because sure. there's plenty to talk about in this psalm. Let's start uh, with this first question. I'm curious what stood out to you in reading this psalm. A couple things, actually. Yeah. The first is just the, the profound gratitude and joy mm, mm-hmm. in which this the psalm is is told yeah it's when you read through it I, I i to me i can i can just feel it yeah i can feel the the gratitude i can feel the excitement and, and you know and, and i know it's david writing this but you try to i think it tried to put myself into more mm. i guess in his shoes a little bit because that's the second thing i noticed was Talk about brilliant poetry, because uh-huh. this one is is universal. Yeah, yeah, it can be so personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so say say a little bit more about that. Like when you say, like, do you just mean like you can put yourself in the psalmist's shoes? Like you could say these same words. Is that kind of what you mean? I think so. Yeah, yeah. The themes kind of throughout, yeah. I think, apply to a general audience. Yeah. But then, like I was talking about earlier, uh, when I really realized kind of what was happening here. Mm. When David realized that that, you know, God God's really kind of been leading him the whole time, mm. it it touched me personally because that's kind of the same way I've felt yeah. recently too. So in your own story, when did you realize that forty by you two corresponded to Psalm forty? Probably gosh, it, it's been a little while. Yeah. But but the connection got even stronger after starting to attend this church. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's my my ignorance of of biblical texts, the sure. Psalms themselves, it was for me. It was just a real superficial type knowledge of yeah. things. Um, the connection was made. I think I saw an interview with Bono, the oh, yeah. singer of U two, on where that song came from. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like oh duh. Okay, <laughs> but then it's yeah when it's when the real connection was made when you really when I read the actually read the whole thing because the song. Really, only goes through. Yeah, it's just a little bit of part it. of it. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, reading the rest of it, it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. When you talk about sort of a superficial knowledge of the Psalms, that's literally how I feel every week 
reading and prepping for one of these episodes because you read and it's like I'm like well I I guess I know I've probably read this before but wow I don't remember any of this yeah. <laughs> it's like there's always something new there's always new layers so but that, and that goes back to David being a brilliant poet because I think every time you go through a poem yeah. or now psalm which is is poetry yeah I think you can you can grab something new out of it every time yeah it's really true yeah it's really true what stood out to me is going back to what you were talking about in terms of the gratitude and the joy that really is kind of bubbling up, especially in the first 10 verses of the psalm, is the contrast actually with Psalm 39. So one of the one of the gifts of my, my seat is that I get to go through these all and have these different conversations. But the contrast felt really stark. Psalm 39 felt like, like the psalmist is in a pretty desperate place. And it ends on this note where it's like, look away from me. <laughs> like, God, your discipline, you're kind of overwhelming me, like, look away from me, which contrasts with here in verse 17. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. So the contrast of like, please pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. And in Psalm 39, the psalmist begins by sort of saying, I'm going to stay silent. Like I decided to be quiet, then goes on to, you know, kind of bubble up. Uh, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. So I remained utterly silent. In this psalm, by contrast, you have verse 9, I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, you know. Which I think the reason that stood out to me is not just the contrast, which is interesting in itself that these are put right next to each other. But in, in our conversation on Psalm 39 with Joan, I just talked about the fact that Psalm 39 isn't a destination. It's a, a place that we might experience in our journey where we are sort of overwhelmed and to cry out from that place. But Psalm 40 feels like maybe the next stop in our journey, right? When we experience God's faithfulness, then it's sort of th- the lips are loosened, the praise is coming forth, this yeah. joy and gratitude yeah. just bubbles right out. Yeah. It, it's interesting because your, your comments about Psalm 39 kind of, I guess, butt up against, you know, verses 11 through 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here is a guy that is completely overwhelmed. Uh-huh. You know, Talking about his his sins are more than than the hairs on his head. Yes, pretty sure David wasn't bald. So, <laughs> I, I think he's he's probably neck deep in in sin right now. Plus, the fact that he's got people out there trying to kill him. Yeah, I mean that's he's overwhelmed. Right. But in forty, he's actually looking back at that, and that might be what's going on in thirty nine. Yeah, sure. And I, I mean, it's so interesting. It's like. I mean, it is so true to our lives, right, that the life of faith is not up and to the right. Like, it's not just like, all right, here we go. I'm riding the high. I'm just always thankful. It's literally within the same psalm that that turn gets made. And this is even after verse 5, which both looks back. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done and looks forward, the things you planned for us. It's in the same psalm where he's saying, like, like, look at what's coming. Like, you are so good. Like, thank you, thank you. And, oh, yeah, troubles without number surround me. You know, my sins have overtaken me. So these for these things to be true at the same time, I think, I mean, it just resonates really deeply, doesn't it? It's pretty cool. Yeah. And shall we move to our second question, which is this. What do we learn about God from this psalm? And, and your prior last comment, I think, is a great segue mm. to this question because I think what we learn about God is he, he's watching our past but also cares about our future. Mm. He's there. He's there to lend his guiding hand and then knows knows where you're headed yeah and cares about it too right like yeah yeah. there's there's because the knowledge 
the, simply the knowledge can be overwhelming or daunting or intimidating, right? I think sometimes that's how people view God, like just he knows everything. And so then that feels alienating and like, do I really want someone who knows everything? But then to add on, as David does repeatedly here, right? I mean, this, this is the God who puts a new song in our mouth, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just many will see and fear the Lord, but put their trust in him as well because he's one who cares. Yeah, that, I love that. That's the, that's part of the excitement, I think, that comes out of this psalm. Yeah. Is when David realizes, that that's the other thing that I've learned about God in this psalm, is God's listening. Mm. He's always listening. Mm. And, and he does answer. Yeah. You know, it might not always be the answer that we want, but he'll answer. And I'm not sure for David, obviously, I can't speak for him, but for myself, the excitement in being able to look back mm-hmm. and just see the architecture of God's plan yeah, and where he's been moving you all along yeah, is was to me is super inspiring. Hmm. And I think that's where the trust in God comes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you're, you've been overwhelmed, but then you get to a point where, where, you know, things have gotten better and you can look back and say, I, I didn't realize you had my back the whole time. Yeah. And then that, that becomes really the, it's what helps us in the roller coaster, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, over and over again, the Psalms are doing this and often for the whole people of Israel, right? Like there's whole Psalms that are all about remember your story, remember your story. Remember that God delivered you from Egypt, which is doing exactly what you're saying. It's, uh, hey, look, we know the roller coaster, like the roller coaster comes up and it goes down. It does both those things. And when we're on the down, we need to look back and see like the ways that we were saved, the ways that he was faithful, the ways that he guided us. Absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. so true. You know, speaking of the architecture, I think in this, this psalm made me think not only of the architecture of God's plan in our own particular life, but the architecture of his plan in the whole Bible, so to speak. Verse six is such an interesting verse. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened, which there's plenty of debate about how that line should be translated. But then he repeats, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. You know, in the context of the Old Testament, if I put like my little Bible nerd hat on, Mm -hmm. like the context of the Old Testament, sacrifice and offerings are pretty key to the structure of what's going on right. in terms of the temple practices and all of these things. And so for David, a king, <laughs> the anointed one to pray and then invite all the people to pray along with him in some sense, as this gets uh, incorporated into the prayers that God does not desire sacrifice and offering is such a powerful reminder. I think that there, it points forward, really. It points beyond David. It points to Jesus. I was going to say a little, little foreshadowing. Yeah, there. for sure. A real foreshadowing that God ultimately is always one that cares about the heart, right? And he even goes on, I desire to do your will, my God, your laws within my heart, which later some of the new covenant kind of promises of the Old Testament are all to do about the law being written in our heart such that the spirit's work in us then begins to bubble out rather than sort of being restricted and enforced by exterior laws. But I just, I just thought that was so helpful because... Sometimes it's just so easy to set up sort of like, well, God was doing this thing in the Old Testament and it was bloody and awful. And then he changed his mind and he started doing something wholly new. Uh, And there's certainly some changes. I'm not to dismiss the changes that come with Jesus. But I I always love these moments where you get a little glimpse, you know, in, in the midst of a prayer that David just has this real awareness that, oh, yeah, God, you are not ultimately sort of about these animal sacrifices. What you are about is our commitment to you and our hearts and like to get that reminder as kind of new testament people and to see it here 
is a reminder of the riches of the whole Bible to me. The Old Testament isn't something just to be set aside, but right. really provides us with language and provides us with deeper understanding of who God is. Yeah, it's, it's that context for having a deeper understanding of the, the New Testament. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's turn to our last question, Heath, as we've talked about uh, this. I mean, there's so much I think that carries over from what we've already talked about into prayer and what it looks like for us to pray. But I'm curious, as you think about it, how does this psalm help us to pray? I, I think it gives you some format. Yeah. Okay. Prayer with a good dose of gratitude. Mm. I think that's why, you know, U2 song 40 is a song of thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's prayer with being grateful for God and what he's brought to your life and brought to this world, uh-huh. uh, I think is a great way to start. Yeah. But also it's, it's, it, it kind of opens up to everything. Mm. I mean, David is in a bad spot. Yeah. And was able to ask God to get him out of it. Uh-huh. So if, if it's that much going on, maybe that's, I mean, hopefully I don't have anybody out there trying to kill me. <laughs> right. But if it, you know, that, that type of pressure in your life and, and God can relieve that. Yeah. Because you're praying about it. It's an invitation to such reliance, isn't it? Like you, the, the gratitude, like even the beginning, who's doing the action? It's so much God. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. He set my feet on a rock. Not like, thank you, God, that I climbed out of the pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. It's so much what God is doing. So I love what you're saying. How like there's a, yeah, it becomes a format. I was just talking with someone the other day about C.S. Lewis had this way of praying that he called festooning, which is a great word. But what it meant essentially was that you would take a line of, say, the Lord's Prayer or of a psalm, and you'd use it to pray around. So when you're talking about formatting, this is immediately where my mind goes. So you yeah. might say, I waited patiently for the Lord. And then you pray around that. So maybe it's, I wait patiently for you to help provide a next job opportunity. And so then the psalm becomes kind of what, exactly what you said. It's a real concrete way that the psalm becomes a format right. uh, for how we have to pray. And this psalm really has it all. I mean, so many of the psalms have it all. It's like, I feel like I say that most episodes, <laughs> but this one really does. It has this like soaring prayer. And then like you said, I mean, it, it takes this turn and it's got kind of the depths as well and right. the deep need and the enemies are right there. It does. Plus, I think at the... Part of the the prayer aspect of this too is is laced with a, a good dose of of humility. Yeah, this is a this is a humble man. Yeah, now being thankful uh, yeah. for his prayers, and I think that I'll, so gratitude and humility. I know they tend to go hand in hand. Yeah, anyway, right. But no, but I mean it's so key. I think this is my bold statement. I don't think you're going to be able to pray the Psalms or pray along with the Psalms for long and stay proud. <laughs> like if you're truly engaging them, right? right? Yeah. Cause they are just so not about us <laughs> or like the acts of deliverance, the amazing things that happen in the Psalms, it's always God who's doing it. Right. And so at some point, like if you're engaging with the Psalms, you just realize like, I, I don't get a lot of credit. <laughs> true. In these, you true, know what true. I mean? So my, yeah, my best friend and I have been going through Kevin's book 150. Oh yeah. And using it kind of as our Bible study yeah, you know, nice. We'll, we'll read a chapter and then talk about that particular song. Uh-huh. It's been it's been pretty enlightening to to be able to share ideas back and forth, which is another reason why I was glad to uh, put dibs on Psalm forty and <laughs> yes. be able to come in and talk to you about it. Well, and not only that, because it's it's just a I value what you do on a, a week in and week out basis. You know, some of the things that that you say, how you put them, the fact that you 
brought so many people in here to talk about them. <laughs> That's been one of the joys of this, right? Is like, and always the vision for these conversations has always been not like, let's make this academic. And so like, we have to bring in someone who's been studying, you know, Psalm 23 their whole life or something like that. But really, like, I'm convinced that any of us can read the Psalms and with some time and some reflection, have a really interesting conversation about them. Right. And I, I think that's born out here. I think that's been born out here. I have to tell you though, the, so your source, which hopefully everybody's figured out who that is by now, <laughs> did fail to tell you that I was an English lit undergrad. Oh my goodness. So part of what's going on with the Psalms for me now takes me back to yeah. several poetry classes because it's when we were talking about you you don't make it academic right and poetry classes in college are really are not academic yeah and that that was a little off-putting or disorienting for me at first sure to have a professor or instructor be able to tell you just tell me what you think yeah 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 what what are you reading uh-huh what does that mean to you yeah and there's no right answer uh-huh really Sure. I think it can be interpreted different ways. I think the Psalms are a little bit more concrete in, in that the the concepts and ideas I think are more tangible. They they give direction, don't they? Yeah. Even if they're not necessarily they're not always locked in. I do think they're like they kind of point us in general directions in helpful ways. Right. But still there's such an openness. I think you're right. Yeah. And then you think about too inserting the spirit into these conversations, right? Which as Christians is never absent from anything we have. And it's like, oh, wow, like how can these not help but be rich conversations? I, you know, just thinking too about kind of the the public nature of both these conversations, but I was also thinking about the public nature of the Psalms when it comes to prayer. And like David has this, right? It's, this isn't just a private prayer. Verse nine is I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips. Lord, as you know, in some sense, it brings me back to you two and Bono, maybe as a kind of landing place when you think about someone who's taking these words, like these words belong in a stadium, right? They belong like being sung together. And I think there's a reminder in that, that our prayers, both our prayers of Thanksgiving and our prayers of need, it can be a real gift to pray those with other people. Absolutely. Which I know for so many of us is an uncomfortable space to be in, Sure. both because it's like really vulnerable, but also because I think a lot of us don't always feel like we know what to pray. But hopefully if anyone's been listening to some of these podcasts, they know, listen, the Psalm says everything. <laughs> so you really can't go wrong right. in prayer. Right. So Yeah. And you pointed out, yeah, verse nine and 10. I mean, that's that this, these words need to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. It should be shared. And, and it's, it's encouraging to me and exciting to me to, it's one of the other ones, little light bulb revelation moments that how many millions of people have heard just a little bit of that. Hopefully they, they've clued in quicker than, <laughs> than I have about what 40 is about, but yet yeah, just to be that those words have, have reached people's ears and reached people's hearts. Yeah. It is beautiful. It's pretty isn't amazing. It? Yeah. Well, Heath, thanks for this conversation. This was really wonderful and a real privilege for me. So I appreciate you calling dibs on Psalm 40. It's it's an honor sitting here talking to you about this. And, and I don't know about copyright and that sort of thing, but uh -huh. I don't even know if you can insert part of that the, song. There are all kinds of copyright things that surround that. So maybe we'll link. I'll make sure it links in the description. So it's an easy click through yeah. to the full song. Well, let's conclude. You know, you just said verses nine and 10 ought to be proclaimed. So maybe we can use this as our closing verses. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. 
I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Friends, on that note, go out and pray the Psalms. Mm-hmm.